Welcome to another episode of Ed Luminaries with Alejandra Zertuche, CEO of Enflux, who brings you powerful educator perspectives hailing from all walks of life. Get inspired and obtain great takeaways that you can apply to help set your students up for success. Sometimes all it takes is to hear how innovative educators approach similar problems and overcome obstacles to support breakthrough academic success. Hey everyone, thank you for joining us today. I'm Alejandra Sertuche and you're listening to Ed Luminaries Podcast, where we talk with educational leaders to find out how they're thinking and working creatively to drive student success. In today's episode, we have Elizabeth Hunter, who's CEO and founder of Impressive Administrative Consulting, and also a program specialist at Xavier University of Louisiana, the Physician Assistant Program. Elizabeth, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. Elizabeth, t- tell us more about you. Uh, what's the inspiration behind starting your own company? So I founded uh, Impressive Administrative Consulting last year or or so um, as a personal goal of mine to support the education of the new generation of healthcare professionals, uh, mainly physician assistants. So by utilizing my professional program and project management and IT experience, you know, I, I wanted to be able to clear a pathway for faculty to do what they do best and that teach you know, I, you know, I provide the program's ability to not have to worry about administrative or technical tasks, but produce the best and brightest of healthcare professionals. Um, you know, our, our motto is kind of get me, give me your work. <laughs> <laughs> right now, uh, programs and, you know, sometimes they are just stretched too thin. Um, you know, they are teaching three and three cohorts of students, sometimes two, and then you have to worry about site visits and accreditation and admission. Um, and I wanted to, to, to have the ability for programs to just focus on what they do best and teach. So rather than do just do administrative tasks, you can provide that and give that to me and I would do that so you can focus on what's important and, and that's teaching. I totally agree with you. You know, especially the physician assistant programs, they're not huge programs. They usually on average have about 10 to 20 faculty members and they're all doing a lot of different things. They're not just teaching, as you mentioned, they're doing a lot of other things, but I bet you anything that they wanna stay focused more on helping students be successful than working on spreadsheet or doing administrative tasks. Uh, from your experience, from your experience, what what are the biggest challenges that faculty members face? The biggest challenges that faculty members face. The challenges I, I that that take them out of the classroom or out of teaching and helping the students be successful. It's these again. It's the the administrative tasks that we we have. Faculty are, they are everything in PA programs. You're advising, you're, you know, you're, if you're a new program, you're building it from the ground up. So you're creating questions, you're, you know, you're managing data for your course, you're, you're doing, you're doing it all. Um, You're teaching course, you're grading, you're, you're, you're 
you're doing everything. And on top of that, you're doing about maybe 15 hours, 15, 16 hours, two days a week on just administrative tasks. That is time that you could be spending planning your curriculum. You can be spending curriculum tapping. You can be spending just ensuring that your programs are in compliance with accreditation or, you know, dare we all say it, free time. What is that, right? <laughs> but, you know, that, that is a challenge. That, that is a challenge. It's balancing all of those parts and juggling all those different components, making sure that the balls don't drop. That is the, the biggest challenge of the faculty member. And on top of that, some of the faculty are engorging research. So when do you have time to resource if you're spending two days alone just on administrative tasks? Can you give us some examples of those administrative tasks? Oh, wow. Let, let's start here. Uh, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> managing your email. <laughs> managing your email. and, and ensuring that you know you're 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 reaching all of your students let's say doing little spreadsheets and taking time to to um build out formulas and stuff to to manually calculate grades in some programs they're manually calculating grades um because you know there's a special way that they grade why are you taking time to do that give that to somebody else you mm -hmm. don't have to do that there are um you know, setting up databases and managing and maintaining databases. I'm talking to clinical professionals that are using Typhoon and eValue. God, eValue. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and all of these other programs, you know, we have, um, we have faculty members that are, you know, also admissions chairs as well. So they are monitoring and maintaining CASPA, which is an admissions database. They're doing all of that stuff that takes a tremendous amount of time. You know, you don't have to do that. And I already know our staff members in PA programs, they are already stretched in as it is. You know, everyone needs help, especially at this time. Everyone needs help. So that is, that's just a minuscule amount of things that faculty members are doing. Absolutely. Everyone needs help. And with the new standards coming up for, well, not coming up, the, with the new standards that came oh, up, yeah. it's out. Um, you can see that it's data heavy, right? It's, it's asking for a lot of data, but not just data, analysis, conclusion, and actions. Um, as the standards um, specified, it's all the programs are expected to explicitly state the links between the data analysis, conclusion, and actions. When I see that, the first thing that comes to my mind is different faculty members collecting data on spreadsheets, trying to keep up with, with what they have to report to the standards on top of helping the students be successful in the course or in the program. Um, and data collection is, is not the end goal. Uh, data collection is the beginning of, of this journey of getting into wisdom, finding that aha moment of, oh, I know why the students are not successful in this course, and this is what we need to do. But I feel like if faculty spend too much time cleaning the data, then by the time they get to the, the insights or the analysis of the data, 
they might be too tired to find good insights and take action. It goes uh, back, it goes back to what you were saying. They they need to focus on what's more important than just cleaning data or doing things on spreadsheets. Absolutely, especially since the new standards are definitely focused more on program competencies. Then those new standards are definitely focused on on program competencies and how your curriculum aligns with those program competencies. And if you don't have a secure method of making sure you are monitoring and maintaining and tracking those program competencies to align with your curriculum and that you are producing results on those competencies and everything is aligning, then you, you know, it, it can be a tough road. And instead of focusing on, you know, cleaning the data and mapping and everything that way, you know, our, you know, our program helps that, you know, our impressive administration consulting can help that. The fifth standards are more focused on program competencies. Uh, program competencies have to be aligned with your curriculum. And faculty has, in, in this, these standards, faculty has to be aware and um, measure, accurately measure those program competencies um, and make sure they are producing results. Um, in the previous standards, it was mostly, hey, how is everything lining up with your learning outcomes? Learning outcomes and objectives were the buzzwords for the fourth standard. So this standard uh, is competency. You're seeing that new word everywhere. Show me. You need to, to see how everything is aligning with your program goals, learning objectives, and competencies. So I believe that you know, faculty, that, that's, more, that's one more thing you guys have to do and clean up. You know, faculty members have to do. We have to look in and clean up and incorporate competencies into your mapping, into mapping now. And how do you think they're currently trying to comply with these new requirements? So what I find that most, pro most programs are doing, they're mapping their competencies to, you know, let's say in a program like ExamSoft. You know, they're using ExamSoft to, to do that and make it a little bit more cleaner, but ExamSoft only does so much. <laughs> it only does so much, but that, that is what I've, I've seen a lot of programs do. But again, to manage ExamSoft, sometimes that's the person who has the time to categorize their questions and, and exams and piece all of that into ExamSoft as, as well. I've had faculty members, you know, tell me that, you know, I have a thousand questions. I've made a thousand questions in ExamSoft, and now I have to map my learning objectives, my outcomes, my competencies, you know, all together in this platform. This is taking me days. <laughs> and these are my tech-savvy ones. So, you know, I, I believe that a program has to be able to um, incorporate all of these things you know the thing about the standards and i think most programs should be aware about this is that demonstration of compliance of these standards are, are ongoing you know most programs are busy with the day-to-day -day aspects of their program especially continuing programs you know these 
standards and the compliance of the standards sometimes get placed on the back burner when it's time, you know, get placed on the back burner. And then it's when it's time for accreditation, you know, your faculty or staff, you're putting in double time trying to get these things done and up and running. You know, there should always be proactive monitoring of the standards, always. And the great thing about, you know, RPA is that the standards are presented for programs to follow and put in place in programs so they have adequate, you know, resource and everything. But you have to I think I went too off on it. I'm going off. No, on no, this is great. This is great. <laughs> okay. So, but yeah, I, I, you know, I'll start from that one. Um, I, I think the up and running part is great. Uh, well, the part where it says always be pro proactive monitoring of the standards. I think that's But yeah. <laughs> uh, that's great information, Elizabeth, because I agree with you. It seems like, um, trying to catch up during the self-study or a few months before the self-study is the common theme with all the academic programs. Um, everyone will put it on the side and say, we'll get to it later. But then when, when it comes time to do the self-study, that later bucket is huge. <laughs> is huge. And it's really hard to just catch up with that bucket and finish everything in it. But if everyone were doing things and labeling things correctly and documenting it, having a process in place, like for instance, in, in Mflux, we have the action plans. If, if they're just doing their part and documenting every action they take, then at the end, you don't have to look at a bucket. You have to, of, of things that you need to catch up. You need to look, you can look at a bucket of things that you have accomplished and pick from there to report to the self-study. That's what we're trying to do at Mflux. But I love connecting with people like you that are consultants that know really, really well the pain of the, the faculty trying to comply with the standards and, and know them know so well that pain that they know how to provide best practices, um, guidance, and help them modify their processes in place so that they can be more effective and productive. Absolutely. And, and just like you said, it's just about creating a plan, sticking to it and completing it, that, completing it with, you know, time and within your scope and just making sure that you stick to that plan. And that's, um, that's, that's the thing is, and that's, you know, that's the pro program project manager in me, you know, time, scope, budget. <laughs> Time, and, um, scope, budget. Absolutely. Time, scope, budget. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and Elizabeth, what advice would you give someone wanting to pursue a career similar to yours? The advice I would give them is to be organized and very patient <laughs> and, and know that you're making a difference. You know, pick something, a career, your career path will be, it has to be something that you feel like you're making a difference. You're of importance. You know, the thing that sticks to me is that I'm helping, supporting the educators in, 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 um, in producing a new generation of physician assistants. During this time, we need more healthcare professionals than, than ever. We need more nurses, we need more physician assistants, 
And, you know, being a part of that keeps me going. And if you're going down the same path and you're doing it for any reasons other than making a difference or, you know, something that you love to do, then you're in the wrong field. Organize and passion. That, that is what you have to have. If you don't have that, it's not going to work. Absolutely. <laughs> you, you have to be motivated and, and you have to be excited so that you can be motivated and, and, and have an impact, right? Move, improve outcomes, help the students. Um, what are the best resources that help you along the way when you started doing um, a consulting? Yeah, honestly, and this is gonna. I actually come from an IT background. Now, I was previously a, a data networking program project manager, program project manager for a large telecommunication company. Um, my job was creating performer operations plans, and and what what that is is large contracts, <laughs> large contracts of data networks, mm -hmm. and I would have to say that. Working that job um, was, and, and having that career was the best resource I've ever had in, in, in my entire life. And, and here's why, um, you know, even though my company laid off myself yeah. and over 200 employees, um, I, I went to education and to my surprise, I found out that there is a lot that's involved in educating students, you know, just like IT it requires a network and you need faculty, you need staff, you need resources. There are standards and guidelines that have to be navigated. On top of that, technology is incorporated. So, you know, the, so that is the best resource, you know, that I've had. Just having that previous experience and, and, and utilizing that has been the best resource I've had. That seems to be this, the case when you have an experience that's outside of academia, then you come with a different perspective and, and it helps you kind of think outside the box and see the, the, the problem, identify the problem and try to figure out a process to make it better. Um, so that's great to hear. And where can our listeners connect with you? Absolutely. Um, we are always available at impressiveac.com. We are on Facebook um, at impressiveac, at impressiveac, and we're on Instagram at impressiveac, and also Twitter <laughs> at impressiveac. Wonderful. And we'll put, put that, share that with our listeners. Um, is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners? I would just, you know, like to share with um, our listeners to, especially PA programs, do not be intimidated by the fifth standard. Um, do, do not be intimidated by the fifth standard. Um, yeah, we have we have some differences in the fifth standard, but just do not be intimidated by that. Please provide and, and, and utilize proactive monitoring with the fifth standard and get help when you need it. And, you know, our job as Impressive Administrative Consultant is to ensure that you can teach. Give us your work so you can teach. You know, don't be afraid to ask for help. Again, give us your work. Mm -hmm. 
Elizabeth, thank you so much for your time and your insights. Uh, our listeners are going to appreciate your your guidance, and we'll post your information along with the podcast. Um, thank you for listening to today's series. You can subscribe to our events going to influx.com. You can also find us on LinkedIn, where we post announcements about our solutions and resources like today's session. I'm Alejandra Sartuche, and you have been listening to Ed Luminaries. You've just listened to Ed Luminaries, inspiring stories and ideas from educators to educators with Alejandra Zertuche. Connect with us at edluminaries.com to join the conversation and access the show notes. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts.